0: This is Fly with Steve Chico and Craig Forsythe. Man, this season's going great. This is the best season of hockey I can remember, Craig.
1: Steven, I'm, I'm surprised we even got this podcast in because it's been wall-to-wall Flyers action. We've had Flyers games on every day. Uh, you know, the league's not missing a beat. This is some of the best high-end hockey action we've seen, probably in our lifetimes, if I'm being honest with you, Stefan, on this mic. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season.
0: It keeps getting better and better and better. It just... What surprise the Flyers will leash on us next? Nobody knows. No, <laughs> folks, <laughs> you probably know this already, but the Flyers are in a bit of a pause right now because of COVID nineteen. And you you might be familiar with COVID nineteen after the
1: last year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may have heard it. You may have heard of it in passing and whatnot. Uh, you know, nineteen is associated with it, so uh, it's kind of a big deal. And, uh, I mean, this this week's schedule really got uh, smacked around by COVID, if we're being honest. Uh, Because there are no games, but also, like we saw in the forecast, the schedule went through, like, three or four different iterations before it got to no games at all.
0: (laughs) We had, on Sunday, one of the the most thrilling games of the season. Like, one of the most exciting, thrilling Mm -hmm. games. Oh, yeah. Such a high note. But there was a little bit at the end, you know, where you're thinking... Yeah, but what about Travis Sanheim? What's going on with Travis Sanheim? Because he didn't play in that game. And the, I mean, the yeah. Flyers put up seven goals. It was m- literally more exciting than the Super Bowl. And it was it was fantastic. And then and then the, the extended COVID news hit. So first we found out that Sanheim was on COVID protocol. And then we found out Claude Giroux and Justin Braun were on COVID protocol. And then we found out a couple more guys today.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, those guys today were Morgan Frost and Jacob Voracek. And uh, I think the good news is, Charlie, it seems pretty confident that Frost is not... It's just travel-related. Uh, he had to go somewhere for, I think, his shoulder rehab or something. And then um, it didn't... You know, it wasn't... He was actually in the general area of Sandheim or anybody else who may have COVID. He just... He, he left the general area and has to go in the protocol for now. So... Frost seems like he should be fine overall. The other four we do not know if they have COVID or don't have COVID at the
0: moment. It certainly seems like Jakub Voracek good old Jake the Snake who doesn't score goals because snakes don't have arms mm. is in fine spirits no matter what because he, <laughs> he I he did was see taking the dunk, Twitter yeah. shots at Sam Karchidi. Most of you might not have seen this because uh, Jake Voracek has blocked the majority of Fly Burberry listeners. But Sam Carciti, and Sammy himself, had tweeted uh, that Jake Voracek, Morgan Frost, added to Flyer's protocol, COVID 19 protocol list. And Voracek retweeted that and said, Sam, when this picture was taken, Frosty was about 12 years old. So... <laughs> Jake picture... did a little mini taking it to the beats, but I think that's just more about the fact that Morgan Frost looks like he's 12 years old, or at least well, in that picture he did.
1: Did you, well, no, did you see the picture?
0: I did not. What was, okay, I might have it to was...
1: restart this bit no no, it was Danny Briere that's what the whole joke is is it was oh, Danny Briere and then like when you clicked on the link in the photo it says uh you know pictured above Jacob Vorcheck and uh or like the headline was Jacob Borchek and Morgan Frost in parentheses not pictured above because it was Danny Breer and it was like are out temporarily for the Flyers. So like whoever did the oh photo god. knew it wasn't Morgan Frost and was like oh, I guess I'm just going to let Sam and Sammy put this out there. <laughs> oh <And> my that... <laughs> god. I can't so... believe I
0: I think I didn't see it in time, which yeah. is why I, I completely missed the joke here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that was I, I didn't corrected get that, that before either. I got to it. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And I looked. Well, at thank it you up. for
0: explaining that to me. I'm I have actually had it taken to me. I'm not a beat, but I've had no, it taken to No,
1: the, uh, we, the beats never take it to so us. We, we help take it to the beats. That's uh, it's a it's a take rabbit it situation. to the beats! On top of the players being out, on top of the five Flyers currently in COVID protocol, the Flyers were supposed to, coming into this season, when the season was announced, the Flyers were going to have three games this week. They are going to play on Tuesday against the Caps and then have a back-to-back against the Devils on Thursday and Saturday. Then, about a week and a half ago, the Rangers had to readjust some of their schedule. And uh, the game that was supposed to take place on the 16th got moved to Sunday the 14th, Valentine's Day. So then the, the Flyers, right before we're doing the, the Flyers forecast, they're supposed to have four games this week. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Devils continue to have the issues. They canceled their games, I think, uh, yesterday or two days ago. So then it was just going to be the Tuesday and Sunday game. Yesterday they canceled Tuesday's game, and then today they canceled Sunday's game. And honestly, they should cancel next Thursday's game already because the next game on the Flyers' schedule is Thursday against the Rangers, and then the game after that is Sunday where the Flyers play the Bruins at Lake Tahoe. Um, where it, Yeah, they're going to play at Edgewood Tahoe Resort in New York. So, And the rumors are if the Flyers are still dealing with massive uh, COVID protocol issues that the Rangers would step in and take the place of the Flyers in that game, oh, which,
2: fuck God that, just to begin it. with.
1: Like, if all, if all situations that happen in the world, why? Uh, but but also, why even, like, if the Flyers are going through this and there are, if uh, Frost and Voracek were put on there today, and, like, if we are, you know, Charlie Charlie mm-hmm. knows a little bit about the Flyers, so, like, if we're believing that Frost is fine. Think about, like, Voracek, even if it's just Voracek, he could have it. And they're supposed to stay in protocol for around a week or more. And, you know, next week is that game. So why even take that risk if, with the way the season's going, the NHL is going to need some kind of spectacle or something to bring viewership in. Why even put that game on the line? Just cancel it now. Just cancel it now and make sure that Sunday game between the Flyers and Bruins goes down. And, I I mean, because there's only one game left between now and then. And the and league also, is also
0: when you think about this, you really want the Flyers in there and not the New York Rangers because yeah, uh, no,
1: nobody outside wants. Outside
0: of bread, man, what are the Rangers <laughs> even offering there? Come on.
1: Yeah. Oh, Capo Caco out there to underwhelm. Amazing, <laughs> exciting.
0: Oh, uh, professional bust Alexis <laughs> Raf- Lafreniere is out here. That's right, <laughs> bust.
1: Ryan Lindgren it is on the top the hair. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, <laughs> he'll be fine. He'll, uh... That sexy Adam Fox action. <laughs> So yeah, I mean nobody wants to fucking watch the Rangers in public, and that shouldn't be uh, that shouldn't set the precedent for your league. Nobody wants to watch the Rangers on a national stage. That's why the 2014 Cup is never talked about. So it's a big deal, like not just for the Flyers. The Flyers are going through a lot, but they're not even considered to the rest of the league. The Flyers really aren't even close to having some of the worst problems with some of the other teams in the league
0: no i mean we were recounting the devil's problems with it the other on yeah. in the forecast i think last last yeah. week you know just in time for the flyers to get games canceled <laughs> the, the the devils i mean half their roster was in covid i think it was like 14 guys checked.
1: yeah like i i couldn't find a, a screen grab or anything but i think it was 14 guys at one point were in COVID protocol for Jersey. And also, Jersey, they haven't played a game in February yet. The last game they played was on January 31st,
2: and they don't have yes. any games
1: scheduled until Tuesday. And, like, again, the Flyers are going to have to play that team eventually at some point. And, the, like, there's a couple teams that are having major pauses to their schedule. Now, the Flyers are another team you can throw into that mix. But New Jersey, Minnesota, Minnesota hasn't played since February 2nd against Colorado, and they also won't play until the 16th. And that came. They had a positive test after a game where they played the apps. So that was the whole thing too. Buffalo hasn't played. um, They haven't played in February either. Last game was on January 31st. They don't play until Monday. Ralph Krueger had COVID and has shown symptoms. He's their 61-year-old head coach. So that whole development's not great either. Vegas has had nine games, uh, had nine days between games due to COVID to a pause earlier in the season. Came back, on Tuesday, they had forward Thomas Nosek pulled from the game because he tested positive. Apparently, they are playing tonight. So, like again, now the league is starting to push towards the NFL mentality of like, well, we're just gonna have to start getting games in there because uh, yeah. we're get, we're getting to the the, the breaking point of the season. All these games are getting canceled. I think no, were games canceled today? I don't know if games were canceled today, but there was three or four straight days of multiple games getting canceled for the record
0: these are games getting postponed not canceled correct
1: sorry yeah you're right postponed not
0: there is a difference like i don't want to be a stickler here no, no, but there no, is there a is. difference because canceled insinuates they're not happening at all whereas postponed just means they're pushing it off until
1: question mark who knows that's when the, the hell whole thing they'll play yeah. these games and i
0: don't even think the nhl does at this point
1: no, and that's that's the big issue. Is they're they're scrambling with the schedule now. They're starting to do the schedule Sudoku that the NFL had to do. So what was that's it? a good way uh, to put it. I like that schedule Sudoku. Yeah, well, that, that was uh, I think I heard somebody use that term for the NFL, so I stole it. And uh, you know they're never going to get credit, so that's mine now. The RIPD thing. All that's, a, that's a
0: Forsyth original.
1: Yeah, that's right. But according to the uh, on the Flyers Rangers release for the postponed game, uh, it said that the league had canceled 35 games this season, and 26 of those happening in February which isn't really a great sign because they only played half of the month of January. Um, and then also on top of uh, the four other clubs besides the Flyers kind of having a mini pause here, uh, the creates a weird kind of schedule situation like the Blues and the Coyotes will play each other seven straight games. So Arizona had games against Minnesota and Colorado canceled and have only played the Blues from February 2nd and will only play the Blues through February 15th. So like that's I just feel like some of this stuff is, like... the it's Stuff like Ralph Krueger and, like, the stuff with Marco Rossi, who I don't even have... I don't even know all the details with that, but it's a, it was the Wilds' first-round pick this year who has, like, serious COVID complications, apparently, and it's a whole deal, too. And, like, now, you know, Drew might have it, and the whole issue we had with the bubble last year was players doing things like getting separated from their kids who are turning one while they're in the bubble. So, like, there's just stuff, like do know again it's people they're real people
0: they're real people that are getting really sick and you know we don't know how sick they're going to get from it we don't know what the long-term repercussions are going to be of them getting sick there's a lot of unknowns here but yeah you're right the human side is something we often forget about because while we're sitting here going well, i want to watch hockey games these are people putting themselves at risk and their health at risk and I know a lot of assholes out there, and I'm going to call these people assholes because that's what they are, will callously just say, well, these are elite athletes, so they're not going to get that sick. They're fine. You don't know that. You don't know what their health concerns are outside of the base. They are athletes at the professional level. There are so many unknowns, and I really, I mean, from what I've heard about COVID, and we've heard plenty to this point we're going to be seeing repercussions of people getting sick with COVID for years to come. Yeah. So we don't know just how bad it's going to hit these guys. So you feel for people who get it and you want to see them make a full recovery and not ha- and have minimal complications from it, if any. And you don't want these guys to be separated from their families. It's, it sucks. I mean, we're all, we've, we've been living it for a year. It's, it's awful.
1: Oh yeah, no, it is awful. And I think, you know, I like, i think it's just very easy for people and i mean even now i have on the sixers game right now in the background like it's very easy to not really humanize what the hell is going on there like actually look at them as like they're just playing basketball during a pandemic like it's still a crazy thing just in general for people to do and like we've said before too like uh we like hockey a little we invest a little bit of time into the sport of hockey uh I, I don't need to see people getting covid and like having altered breathing patterns for the rest of their life because they had to play in a 56 game schedule in the early 2020s like i'm fine i'm good with that there's a lot of stuff going on we'll figure it out i don't i don't know we don't need to put you know people's uh, it's not it's not worth it it's not worth but it it's it's just really not like they can just do i i think so the the question i put here at the end steve and i'll i'll i'm gonna run through some of the other protocols or some of the things the league is trying to do that ellie freeman shared today in an effort to kind of combat uh the covid numbers um so Freeman said uh, this was uh, something they set out for extra enhanced COVID measures. Uh, some of them are asking players to remain at home as much as possible except for practice and games. Second one is recommending household members limit discretionary activities outside the home. So just, again, those two bullet points alone is like, shouldn't that just be a sign of like, hey, maybe we should just take a break real quick because those two they're asking just like the players' families to just not go outside now and just, just not be, like, that's, there's just way too many extremes, I feel like.
0: I'm going to be, but here, I'm going to be devil's advocate here and say, shouldn't people have been doing a lot of this already, though? Uh, they should be. I haven't really been outside uh now, too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been outside a little bit, and I try to limit my exposure to other people. That kind of just is something that people should have been doing.
1: Right. Now, I mean, like, they should have been. Uh, but if they if it gets to the point even they have to tell people to do that, isn't that kind of a problem? In the Like, if they're not going to be following the protocols anyway, then what's the point of sending this out too? Like, I feel like this just highlights the problem either way. Because apparently they're doing it, or they're finding out that people are getting positive tests or around people because they are not really following the guidelines. I don't know. Like, this is just stuff that... If it didn't happen now, I don't think it's gonna. They're gonna start doing it now on. Like it, it should this feels like minor stuff that isn't gonna actually do anything. If you ask me. Like oh sure, sure. I don't think that's it's gonna fix helpful. the problem.
0: Yeah. But it, it is. I think if if anything, it just infuriates me more because of this stuff that they probably should have been doing anyway. And I it just
1: yeah right. I, I right. don't know. It
0: feels like the only people who are taking this seriously are the occasional government representative uh, go- local governors in some states who are shutting things down and causing uh, so th- there's so many issues with this. And your average person, you know, but there's so yeah. many I mean uh, athletes don't seem to take it seriously for the most part. So, some of them certainly do. And lots of credit to those guys that do that, but there are so many that do not seem to be taking it seriously. And I am looking at the Super Bowl MVP himself, that just uh, piece of oh, I hate
1: that guy. <laughs> I was, I was. Thinking I've never of... seen
0: Tom Brady wearing a mask. I he he oh, might have yeah. worn it here and there, but I've never seen him wear it. And I mean, I don't know. Like it's just it's distressing to me. The whole thing is distressing. It doesn't feel like the protocols being followed uh, at any level there. It's
1: yeah, no, I agree. I I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's yeah, it's just the struggle of whatever the hell we've been kind of going through for the last year now. Of uh, it's kind of got to be like a whole joint effort, and uh, some people haven't really gotten onto that page yet. But I mean, it's. well, let me go through the rest of the, uh, the things that Freeman put out there today that the league's going to try and do. So those two things. Uh, N95 masks. They've already had, uh, I guess, mandated or requested that the players wear masks at all times, but now they're making it that it's N95 masks instead of just regular masks. Uh, rapid testing on game days. Mandating all meetings be held virtually. Uh, glass removes on the penalty box. Uh, and then reconfiguring the dressing room to protect anyone who hasn't had the virus. Um, so like, again, these are all minor things that. I don't know, like it, it just doesn't. It, it feels like they're still going to have massive COVID numbers, and this isn't really it feels like we all know what needs to happen and they just don't want to do it. Is how it feels.
0: I don't know what to say. I, I really don't. And I, I can't believe I'm at a loss for words, but it doesn't feel like they're going to get it under control. This is stuff they I mean what's frustrating me is that I don't find this stuff like absurd these things they're recommending. I think oh, this no, is stuff yeah. they should have been doing already and that's I think where the root of my frustration really lies is I just there's yeah. basic stuff they should be doing and it's tough it is it is incredibly tough to contain a virus that is spread through droplets in the air when you play a sport where guys are you know smashing into each other at high velocities and getting into scrums at the corner and no that's have to sit exactly. on a bench packed right next to each other it's 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 very difficult and has to be played indoors I mean Lake Tahoe is great I wish they could play every game at Lake Tah- tahoe uh that would really help limit the exposure and I mean we still saw baseball and football went through their share but I think it's is certainly not helped by the fact that hockey has to be played indoors in close quarters where guys are right up on each other.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think that's how I feel about these rules is you're right. This should be stuff in like, this is stuff I feel like I've been hearing about, but it feels like they're just rewording it or kind of like phrasing it. So they're more, it's like a, they're enforcing the rules again, but I, I just, that's why I don't think it's going to change anything. It's like, yeah, all these, you should have not been around anybody. You should have been wearing masks. You were getting tested anyway. You, all the, I don't know why all the meetings weren't held virtually in the first place. Like that should, that's a thing that just skip that problem. And that was something that, that every company there.
0: in the world has been doing for the yeah. past year.
1: And that's the thing too, is like some of these, that's why I'm saying like some of these are the virtually holding meetings. Um, the removing the glass, they added the penalty box. I think they did that for like behind the benches. That's why I had like we talked about last week, like the whole uh flipping the, the delay of game penalty is now gonna come down. It's gonna be even more subjective somehow, which that's gonna be at some point in time this year. <laughs> um, That's some
0: fun hockey to watch. The yeah. worst and penalty then, in the game. Ugh.
1: And then, like, the reconfiguring the dressing room. They already had... Uh, what was the... Other, like, they had the whole thing last week about, like, separating... Making sure that you can expand your locker room so every locker room... Every locker is six feet separated. Separated by six feet. So, like... Like, I feel like next week there's kind of a menu that... Or a, a memo that goes out and they're like, all right, everybody wear two N95 masks. We're all going to do double rapid testing. We're taking out all the glass... Well, Let's I mean, see if the COVID's gone this time, and then like I'm no,
0: I'm no, seeing no. double mask, <laughs> not mandates, <laughs> but like recommendations going out from the CDC yeah. these days. Uh, it's,
1: yeah, but you know, but it, it doesn't
0: seem know. that out of the the question. I I yeah. hear you, but at the yeah. same time, like, I mean, this is stuff that that should happen. I it is. I, I don't know, man. It's it's difficult, and I I don't know if they're gonna really be able to. They're going to play through, and it's going to be disgusting.
1: That's okay, well, that's what the I'm question. Telling you should right they now. shut it down?
0: They should shut it down. They should shut it down until all the guys get vaccinations and then pick it up and do another, I don't know, just pick it up next year. Just fuck it. But they're not going to do that. They're going to power through it because there's money to be made, my friend. There's money to be made.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could... I say you shut it down for three weeks to a month. You level out all the games. You you give up on the 56-game idea and you figure out what is another reasonable number all the players can like all the teams can get to if you take out those 3 to week 3 weeks to a month and then just go from there cuz i think the goal of this season is despite whatever the fuck the world is at this point in time at least have a normalcy in this the NHL season timeline so i think what they're trying to do is just make sure that 2021-22 gets started in october of 2021 no matter what so, I think this season is going to get done. It might be the dumbest season in NHL history. I, I think that's just my way to come. Like, we came into this with a 56 game schedule starting in January, ending in July, and it's just gotten weirder. Do You know what I mean? Like, it's not like right, we haven't, right. it hasn't gotten closer to normalcy. And also, this is a thing, too, where they might have to just punt on the idea of having a normal NHL timeline by next season because, you know, Drastic times call for drastic measures. the The league has never had to, the league has never had to like alter or impact uh, more than one season at a time. Like every time they've had a lockout, either for partial season or just the entire season. Like the most uh, the the hockey has gone without playing is just the entire two thousand four five season, I believe. So for them to try and you know have two shortened seasons back to back all over the map on the calendar, I guess that's like. You know, they want to kind of even that out and everything, but we've never seen anything like this. So there is nothing that they should be basing this off of. You just kind of have to all play it by ear if you actually want to get through it. But that's not what's happening because it is it all comes down to you gotta make a certain amount of money. It's all about making money. Uh, so they're just going to keep. I feel like they are just going to power through this and we're not going to get any kind of pause. Uh, I mean, like a logical one would be at least two weeks, because, again, the way it's going right now, Like, I think you need to stop everything so you have a chance of at least getting the season close, like, done close to what you're aiming for. I feel like if the keeps going like this, they're going to have to push it back to August. Like, the Stanley Cup to August.
0: Which is just, at that point, just just scrap it. I am past the point of caring about awarding a Stanley Cup this season. I really am. And I know... What what is it? The NHL has not gone a season that they started without awarding a Stanley Cup since I don't know forever, something like that. Since the last since pandemic, the Spanish flu, yeah,
1: yeah. So okay, yeah. No, no, right, you're right. right you're like, right. Yeah,
0: it seems appropriate then that <laughs> yeah, that's the, the whole. The thing, worst but... pandemic since the Spanish flu would be the the second time to do that. I yeah, look objectively. Yeah, I want to see hockey. I I've loved watching hockey this year. And I want to keep watching hockey. And I'm very bored during this pandemic, as is everyone. And I do want to continue watching hockey, but not at the expense of people's health. As we've said, COVID does not affect everybody the same way. People have different experiences. It's very scary. There's many different things that can happen. It's not just the flu for everybody, like some people seem to think it is. And I, I just and also it just it also affects if you want to talk about it from a hockey standpoint it affects the quality of play when like i don't want to see them get into a situation like what the nba was doing with the sixers a few weeks ago where the sixers were having to play with like the bare minimum amount of guys on the team just to get games in that was insane the nba made the sixers play with just whatever scrubs they had (laughs) like they were playing with like the deep bench and that was all they had i think they had Six or seven guy, I think seven's the minimum that you can play with, and they are playing with that, and of course they lost those games because they had, the guys couldn't take a break. It's it's just absurd, and I don't want to see the NHL get into a situation like that where they're just forcing teams out there just to get games in. I don't want to see star players get you know, miss games, and then teams are losing games because they're missing their star players uh, because of this, and I know that it's like you, you can treat it like an illness any other year. I guess that's fair, but it's... I, I think it's just complicated by the fact that it's a pandemic. It is it is a pandemic at the end of the day, and it's a scary thing, and it's... I, I don't... I, I'm not enjoying
1: this. I'm not enjoying this week. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I... I enjoy when the flyers are on, but again, like, I... You know, I'm not sitting here, like... What are these guys doing? Like, they can't just play through this or whatever. Or, like, why are they canceling games? Again, like, I...
0: Because there are people asking that.
1: Yeah, like, that part, I... I I get all that. And that's... It's it's inevitable that games are going to get shut down. uh, Which makes this all... It's just a... We know why all the games are getting forced through. And it's all just because of money for the leak, I think. I mean, that's pretty much all it is. There's no...
0: But Gary Bettman told me that they're losing <laughs> billions of dollars a day.
1: Yeah, feel bad because for Because they
0: just want to play for us.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Gary Bettman, who's never, you know, a little rat. He's not, uh, he's never said anything Weasley in his life or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Gary Bettman. <laughs> We're losing Who, money know. to play for you guys. This is
0: all for you.
1: Did anybody ask, like, what about those lockouts? Like, Nobody thought to just ask that, like, "Hey, what were those lockouts about?" Then what I don't you know if you play? gave
0: anybody. I think you just put out statements and like he wasn't giving like people the the chance to ask oh, them the hard chance questions.
1: of. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's fair. All right.
0: I mean, you know, it's a it's a great political strategy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, apparently works pretty well. Uh, but just, so I think that's where people. we people. It's fine. Yeah, we that's where we came to, right? The uh, they definitely should. They probably won't. And like I think if they do do it, they should do it for they should do it for like three weeks they should do it so we got to how it was when they were entering the bubble and you can get it down to close to zero and then like if one or two guys have it well then one or two guys have it and then you're fine but again the the problems are always gonna it, it's always gonna be there because it's not the bubble so this season really it's just it it's gonna get weird it's gonna get if it has if you don't think this is weird it's gonna get weird pretty much
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the bubble was great just because everybody was healthy, there were I know there was some weirdness with the lack of fans, and we're still seeing that but, you know, everybody was healthy uh, and relatively safe and this, I mean, you just, you can't help it you have to travel, and when people are home, they're gonna feel more comfortable, and we've
1: gone through all this there's no (laughs) point in rehashing it No, I mean, like, it's just a never-ending but that's just what it is. This is just the conversation everybody's had for uh, almost a year now. That's just all there is to do right now. So I think we're all... It just sucks because <laughs> yeah.
0: I, the players did not enjoy themselves in the bubble. They did not. And I understand it. I totally mm-hmm. understand it. And they missed their families. And they, they missed... <laughs> I'm going to say they missed their freedom because they couldn't really just go out and do whatever. So it sucked. But at the same time it was, it was good hockey and it was, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it, it's, I don't know how they're going to continue like this. I don't know what their plan is going to be. I, I I think the best thing is they got to get vaccinated. They got to get vaccinated oh, yeah. so they can get back out there and not have any issues, but that's, yeah. it, it could still be a bit before they get vaccinated.
1: And hey, I think I that's why. Sure
0: not to have the season, the rest of the season, but. Hey, baseball's about to be back too, so it's it's great.
1: It's right. Oh, God, I guess it is. Around Spring training's
0: top. just about yeah, to start. Yeah, that is right. Phillies yeah, it just is that Rolled their trucks on down south to does, Florida. does time to... matter anymore. Safest. Like, this is all... No, it doesn't matter. It feels the safest like pro... state in the yeah. union. <laughs> <It's>...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I Let's mean. Let's talk about the hockey. You got that... a segue? Yeah.
0: Let's talk about the hockey that did happen.
1: I guess recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we already talked. The Flyers beat the Caps seven to four on Sunday. Uh, I did find some more stats if I didn't already say them on the forecast. Uh, the main one was just uh, Flyers scored six five and five goals uh, for the first time in a game since they had seven in a seven to four win over the Rangers on February eighteenth, twenty eighteen, which was a game where Dale Weese fought Cody McLeod, Shane Gossisfer fought Pavel Bujnevich. And oh. then uh, Wayne Simmons broke his hand on Tony D'Angelo's face. Sorry, Tony D'Angelo's face. So that was, uh, there you go. That was a pretty good Sunday uh, way back in the day. And uh East!
2: The Dutch
1: I don't know if you've watched that... Uh, oh, God, yeah, that's right. Dale! I don't know if you've watched uh, that Simmons-D'Angelo fight in a minute, but, God, it's still just like a warm bowl soup. It just warms my it's heart. It's always worth your... It's just, God, yeah, you know, it's just the... Uh, the fist of freedom right into that jackass's face, and it's just—it's great. I could watch it. God, he crumbles so quick, you know. Like it's great. Um, Did also, I tell what you else? what
0: I saved the temporary name for the last episode as?
1: Oh no, <laughs> what you? I
0: just—I saved it as Tony D's nuts Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a pretty, yeah. I mean, all I thought about when you said that was just him like pointing to it, like, yeah, that's right, D's nuts. <laughs> D's nuts. Which would be a very, a very thing, him thing to do. So, wonder how he's going to look over with the uh, the Kuhlund Red Star over in the KHL. We'll find out. He's probably going to be a big addition for them over there.
0: Hasn't been traded to an NHL team yet, and hopefully Nine? will not
1: be. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get traded. I hope it's like he doesn't get traded for his entire contract. Like we're waiting on uh, this next year, and
0: then. I yeah. can't believe this cancel culture is keeping
1: <laughs> <on>. Tony D'Angelo <laughs> off the ice. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Flyers route shot 30 to 30, twenty at 5-on-5 five five on uh, Sunday, so they were negative 13 in shot differential five times this season in 13 games. The Flyers have been minus 10 or worse in shot differential, and it's the second time they're outshot by 13-plus shots this season. They're also outshot at 5-on-5, five five, 32-18, in their 5-4 to four shootout loss to the Bruins, which, again, was a game Carter Hart was stringing them along. Uh, they decided to collapse in the third, and then from there. Uh, it was the highest event game uh, the Flyers have had this season on Sunday. The, the the Caps led in scoring chances, twenty-seven to twenty-one at five-on-five. Five. Twenty-seven chances against for the Flyers is the most in a game this season. The last time they had twenty-seven plus scoring chances against was twenty-eight, which was a five-to-three win over the Rangers on March first last year. Uh, and 21, 21 scoring chances four is tied for their season high. Um, so they were also outchanced twenty-three to twenty-one in their three-to-one win over the Devils on uh, January twenty-eighth. And then they led the, the Bruins in chances uh, 23-21 in their 4-3 OT uh, overtime loss on uh, February 3rd, which was the uh, Poshnet game. And again, sorry I know my stuff. Uh, the power play went 0-4 on that day, and Ovechkin uh, helped the Caps do 1-1 for 1 on the power play. Talking about the Caps' efficiency on the power play, that doesn't really matter, even though I'm not on the forecast now, because who the hell knows when they're playing the Caps next. Uh, Hart. 33 of 37 on the day, 892 save percentage, fourth time in nine games this season. He's posted a sub at 900 save percentage. Not a deal. Again, not all the help in front of him, uh, but not the greatest numbers. And uh, he is supposed to be the guy that erases all the problems. Again, not all on heart, but uh, maybe a little bit better save percentage there. It's...
0: I think we were all hoping for, I think a, a little bit more of a brick wall. Season from Carter Hart so far, Mm. and we haven't quite gotten that. I don't want to call him disappointing, but no, 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 I'm not going to. Yeah, but (laughs) like, I don't know. It's you just want to kind of border around it. You can't really call him disappointing because the defense has not been very good in front of him for the most part. I I was hoping for a little bit, a little bit more of a a Vesna like performance so far, but I mean, we love Carter Hart, and I'm not gonna listen. He's a special, he's our special baby boy. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it, it,
2: I will you know? say,
1: I will say. He's I, wonderful. Uh, I, I'm getting out an article next. I will try to get an article out next week. And again, I won't talk about what it is specifically on the podcast because whenever I do that, th- those articles disappear in the thin air. So, but what I'm looking into is uh, the goals against this year, against the Flyers. And uh, there have been some goals that, I mean, the big problem has just been they are giving the other team too many chances, like too many opportunities, which I know is like, yeah. But I mean, things like <laughs> there have been goals this year where, like, Carter Hart has a pretty easy rebound that he can corral in. And instead, he gives up a big rebound to an open area where a flyer defender could go get to it in a timely order. And then they just get out hustled. And then that cycle continues. And then they make, like, one or two mistakes and they get scored on. So, like, they don't get the puck cleanly and exit. Like, they just continuously are stuck mired in cycles against. And a bunch of them have been called because Hart's taken, like, an unscreened wrist from the top of the circle and has, like, plopped it five feet in front of the, the slot. So, like, there are times that's happened, but more times than some not. some rebound control sometimes. Yeah, but more times than not, there's been a lot of cross-lice backdoor plays where the guy's wide open on the other side of the ice. So, like, that's that's the one play you don't pin on the goalie because what, what the fuck is he supposed to do?
0: Right, right. A
1: lot of blame on both.
0: And that, that's a tough game, you know, it, just going back to Sunday's game in particular. I mean, that's just a tough game because you've got Alex friggin' Ovechkin over there. Yeah. Ovechkin scores a hat trick. I mean, it's Ovechkin. He's one of the best goal scorers. He might be the best goal scorer I've, I've seen in my lifetime.
1: Oh, I think he's the best one in my lifetime. Uh, not to Will actually, though, too, Steven. Uh, he had two goals on Sunday. So if you could. Oh,
0: that, th- that no, third was uh, not his at the said... end of the day?
1: Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, let me go check. Maybe. Uh, hopefully, I Will actually do, and I'm wrong. <laughs> I've, I had two goals and two assists. Let's see here.
0: You're probably right. I oh, looked two, up the yeah, stats. I did look. I could have sworn he had a hat trick in the game, but maybe I Oh no. No, imagined. he
1: had uh he had four points. He had a four-point game. He had two goals and two assists and he had he had two goals and he had that one filthy assist. So in a way, I mean that assist was disgusting. was worth a couple goals. Yeah. I know I mean, that, yeah. we
0: discussed it a little bit on the the forecast, but well,
1: like, I still okay. feel
0: so bad for poor <laughs> Phil Myers for just getting undressed by like that by Alex Ovechkin. Just yeah. just coming awful back for that experience. Just, you're just yeah. sitting there going, "Why don't do that? To, don't do that. Leave <laughs> Phil alone."
1: I still, and to me, the part I can't get over is. You know, he was trying on that play. It was the other three puts in the crease that couldn't clear out Wilson or break up the pass that, like, you know, nobody's going to talk about that pass if somebody gets a stick on the centering – or, like, nobody talks about that move if somebody gets a stick on the pass, but nobody could bail out Myers there. So he's going to have to live with that one for a minute. <laughs> uh, so he had four points on Sunday and had four shots on goal. I mean, the whole thing last year with the Flyers and Caps was the Flyers kept the Caps in check mainly because – they limited what Ovechkin could do out there. Ovechkin had zero points and 12 shots on goal uh, in five games last year, including the round robin against Philadelphia. And then uh, they had a four-point outburst on Sunday. And that was the only time between this year and last year that the Caps have scored three or more goals against the Flyers. So, again, you know, this you guys come for a hard-hitting analysis, and so let me just throw it out there. If you keep Ovechkin from producing, uh, it's probably going to help your team. So that's what I'm going to put. I'm going to throw that into the universe. And good luck out there, future NHL coaches. Uh, also, you're a like kid. the John Madden of hockey right now. Let's look here. Brett Favre. Yeah, that's my uh, Brett Favre, by the way. So when you put a
0: when you put the puck <laughs> in the back of a net, that's a goal. Boom. <laughs> How you
1: doing that? <laughs> look at this pass. You got a guy going through the. That's called the crease there, and then uh, he's putting the puck in there, and uh, it's called scoring a hockey goal. That's just it happens sometimes, you know, and they get rewarded for that. <laughs>
0: You know what's funny, though, about hockey broadcasts is sometimes they could use a little bit more of that for, for newer fans coming in and trying to yeah, understand yeah, yeah. the game. Because hockey broadcasts, like, they really just tread the middle where they won't get complicated enough to talk about strategy and some of the advanced stats most of the time. Mm-hmm. But they won't talk about some of the basics for people. So it just ends up being... Inside hockey, weird, you know, talk at yeah. the end of the day where they'll use the t- hockey terms, not explain them. And it's great for people who've been watching for a while like us, even though we would prefer a deeper dive, but it's not great for people who are just getting into it.
1: Yeah, you literally just... Yeah, that's like the... Uh, it's telling
0: totally the middle ground in the worst way.
1: It's the John Boucher-Gross effect where he just says obnoxious fucking words and nobody knows what the fuck they mean unless you watch a ton of hockey, but then... <laughs> Like, that's not, that doesn't help bring new people in. They're like, oh, some old fucking random guy on ESPN said this cool thing? All right, I'm going to go watch hockey now. And it's not, it's never cool. It's always, it's always something dumb. But no, that's a pretty good point, that they just don't, yeah, you're right. It's the, I don't really, we always dunk on the broadcast because it feels like we're not gaining anything from it. But there's definitely, you know, normal people, normal people out there who are like, I don't really quite get what's going on. (laughs) <laughs> that don't know what icing is <laughs>
0: we need a nickelodeon hockey broadcast
1: i uh, yes a hundred percent i don't say that like we we've been on agreement with that i think they should start a hockey nickelodeon network nickelodeon say that League. like you didn't agree with me no don't you, like, no like, look come
0: on. <laughs> you're just Nickel- always ready to be offended
1: i am that's just who. i mean i am again we talked about the cancel culture earlier i am part of that and so i am easily offended I just, you know. Well, that's why they that's call you Craig Tony. Cancel.
2: <laughs> it's like Craig, Craig
0: Council, the baseball player. But
1: God, you know, talk about like that Forced batting thing. stance. What a diamondback. That guy was an oh. amazing ball player. Diamondback. Milwaukee Drew Brewer Drew. for our ages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I think it's Diamondback,
0: yeah? too. Yeah, <laughs> diamondback. yeah he, he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, boy. Yeah. Let's talk about Sean Couturier coming back just in time for the Flyers to take a pause.
1: Uh, yeah, he's been lighting the world on fire, and he's going to definitely cool down uh, with this week and a half. off. So,
0: I, I am worried about one person cooling down, and that's James Van Riemsdyk. God damn it. Oh, God.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, he definitely would. That would be
0: the... Uh... is gonna come back from this, and he's gonna be Sean Katoria. He's gonna be playing chess, not checkers, my friends. James Van Riemsdyk has been red friggin' hot. He's the core of the sun right now, and god damn it, I'm gonna be so mad if he comes back and cools off.
1: I'm gonna be furious. I'm, gonna, I'm just throwing this out there, and... You know, that JVR Law and Fairby line, for lack of better terms, has been fucking for like a week now. It's been it's been lighting up. Uh, and some of the other lines have kind of been struggling at 5-on-5. Five five. It's not like the special teams have been blowing the doors off. We just talked about some of the struggles Hart's been having and the defense we know is an issue. So uh, I don't want to say JVR is carrying the team right now, but, uh, you know, JVR might be carrying the team right now. So, James Van uh, Riemsdijk
0: is 100%... <laughs> carrying the philadelphia flyers right now i cannot debate this i will not there. debate this in fact i will celebrate this yeah. because i love to see it yeah love to see it one of those guys that just i feel like has eaten an unnecessary amount of shit over the years i am very much celebrating jvr's resurgence this year
1: yeah and, and honestly what he's been doing what lawton has been doing what fair's fairby's been doing and i think i talked about it uh one of the post games that i did uh,
2: Shoot.
1: no going they are to... doing that though they, they are, are doing that but they're going to the fucking net too so i guess that's right they're shooting but they're going to the net they just gotta just fucking take the ball to the rack that's all i gotta do just drive to the hoop that's where all the action is Law that's what mb had... does be like mb yeah Lone alone had four scoring chances and three high danger chances. I thought he was in beat out there. It looked like the same person to me. So, like, I, that's what I chalked that up as. You just got to go to the net. Like, that's really what it comes down to. And like, JVR's been doing it all year long. And Farabee created a bunch of these goals by just going to the net and dishing them.
0: Well, because came back, looked like he didn't miss a beat, which was fantastic. Because I, I was worried he rushed back. I was very worried he was going to get hurt. And, and yeah. he looked nervous. And... <laughs> I am hoping he can. Well, there's no reason that when the Flyers do come back, he can't immediately step back into the top six. So that I think
1: he, yeah, I I think that'll be great.
0: That'll be a big boon to this team. And I mean, again, we're talking about a team that is in second place in their division, and even though it hasn't been pretty, the results have gotten them there.
1: Yeah, and I think it was Jordan Hall that you know the Flyers have played 13 games this year. They played four against the Bruins. They lost two in regulation. They lost two in overtime. The other nine games the Flyers have played against the, against everybody else that isn't the Bruins, they are 8-1-0. So, like, we've been pointing out a lot of flaws with these teams. They've lost one game outside of uh, one team in the division.
0: They're doing something right. I don't know what it is, but they're doing something right.
1: And it could be, again, this is a weird year, where it could be, maybe they're not. Maybe this is just actually the worst division, and they're just going to end up being, like, the second or third best team in that. But I think it's more... I think they are doing. I think they have been getting by with uh. Again, the Kotoria loss is huge, and the other additional injuries to go along with that. That's not really.
0: But you do can't you really just gloss believe over
2: that? Do you
0: really Advanced believe stats? that this is? Oh, no. no, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that this is one of the worst. Like that this is a bad division because I I really don't. No, because, no, no, I don't. I mean, I think Boston. I know people gave the Flyers a ton of shit for blowing those games to Boston, and look, they shouldn't have blown those games to Boston, but Boston's a really freaking good hockey team, and I think Washington's pretty good. I know Washington doesn't have the depth they had a couple years ago, but Ovechkin, Backstrom, Wilson, those are all really good hockey players, right? And I hate to say Tom Wilson's a really good hockey player, but he is a really good hockey player.
1: No, he is, and he's one of the main players producing for them right now, and... I think that is the thing, too, is for the argument that the division isn't bad because they've only played one game against the Caps and they needed the most amount of five on five goals they've had since 2018. And it wasn't exactly the prettiest game yet again. So, like, I think the division is despite their
0: issues. I mean, they are still a hockey team with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. So they're still a good hockey team until Mm -hmm. those guys noticeably degrade. And start to you know finally like lose some of their skill. I I can't call the Penguins a bad hockey team because those two guys are enough to make them an at least okay hockey team.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, do you want do you want to do the honors? You were, you started it, so this is your segue to uh, take into the.
0: You apparently wanted to get right into it, so oh no, you no no please. We're talking. The Penguins might be an okay hockey team right now, but that might not be the case too much longer because. Our dear friend Ron Hextall has entered the arena and is ready (laughs) to take apart this roster to get that sweet, sweet cap space.
1: Yeah, that's right, baby. Uh, He's shipping out the best Pittsburgh has to offer because he is now the Pittsburgh Penguins general manager. Uh, It was announced yesterday that Ron Hextall will be the GM and Brian Burke will be named the president of Hockey Ops. Oh, wow. And that is something. That's all that's, I got. That is. That's, that's a combination. That's a hell. I don't even know what to think of that combo right now.
0: Actually, it, 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 there was an amazing sight when they announced they made the announcement. Ron Hextall actually rode into Pittsburgh on the back of Brian Burke, <laughs> like he was Falcor from the Neverending Story,
1: in his '80s uh, goalie get-up. So like that old mask and the pads, and yeah. Oh, the sure,
0: guy, so. absolutely. But I, I'm just thinking because of Brian Burke's just insane hair. <laughs>
1: So I imagine Ron on the back, like, just back like, He's on all there,
0: Ron, we're flying into <laughs> Pittsburgh.
1: Undone tie. Just the tie is a mess. Just carrying all on gully pads in the Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> like, what? What an insane combination. Like, this is, yeah. this is a classic, like, buddy cop film from the 80s right here. This is Lethal Weapon, where Brian Burke is your just insane Mel Gibson. This just nutty guy who can do anything at any given moment. He's jumping off the building. Oh, no. Is he killing himself? Oh, no. He happened to jump into the inflated thing that they use for jumpers. Okay, cool. (laughs) I don't know what the term for that is. Oh, Ron Hextall's getting too old for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually hilarious because they are on the opposite end age-wise of what I was just describing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what they're going to be able to do all that high end stuff anymore? But listen, Ron's
0: uh, an old no. Ron's an old soul. That's why he's too old for this shit. And <laughs> Burke will forever have the soul of a twenty year old madman.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's exact. And together they just solve all the crimes in the hockey GM world. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Let's we'll, go with we'll, it. Yeah, we can go with it. Uh, so yeah, I'll be honest with you. I I don't really feel one way or another on this. I think I think at the end of the day the Hextall hire alone, I think that's not what we would want as Flyers fans because I know he was very boring here and he was a cuck and whatever. He did all these, <laughs> did all these moves that didn't mean anything. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that was like those. You uh, know, the
0: Flyers were uh, always five years away from being five years away. Am exactly. I right, folks? Am I yeah. fucking right?
1: So I, with all that in mind, like we bitch him out about everything he did, but Hextall, where, where's the list of players? Yeah, he the guys he brought in that are still on this team two years later, and are going to be on the team for a couple seasons. Uh, Hart, Lindblom, Sanheim, Proveroff, Myers, Konechny. Those alone are already going to be on the team. He also brought in JVR, NAK, Faraby, um, Patrick, Zamola, Mark Freeman, and then Brian Elliott, Samuel Morin, and Alex Lyon. I'm not really – those are my reasons for, hey, maybe they'll do something out in Pittsburgh.
0: Well, Morin Morin was a Paul Holmgren pick.
1: No, he was. Yeah, you're right. He did not bring in Sam Marin
0: got him.
1: Yeah, Alex Lyon.
0: Yeah, so even burnt... better.
1: And then, uh, so Sam Morin is definitely a homegrown pick, yeah.
0: And the only reason I remember that is because he was such a noticeable Holmgren, Holmgren pick. pick, yeah. Where, he, the, the place he got picked, when he got picked, everybody was like, oh. That's a Flyers <laughs> pick right there.
1: Yeah, and then the next year...
0: They picked a huge guy to crush guys. Okay, great. And then he made it into the NHL as a winger.
1: Yeah, and then... <laughs> and then went back. yeah <laughs> to the (laughs) AHL. Yes. I can't believe that's how that the Samaritan story ends is. Well, he made it technically. So, you know, Uh, but like, and I think, and I think for Hextall, the Penguins, like we've been saying, why we've been looking forward with Rutherford at the helm. uh, that, That seems, was supposed to be a shit show once Crosby and Malkin started declining or got out of time out of town. Like, they, they got nothing. They don't have any prospects. They don't have depth. There's not a, a heart in net that, that they're waiting on. And if there was, they just traded it to Ottawa. So, like, that team was going to be boned in a couple years. That's why it was funny watching the days, you know, where Crosby and Malkin got older. Because they'll still be an annoying team. Like, if they didn't do anything, Crosby and Malkin could have, you know, they could have uh, Superman this way. Like, this team into like a second-round playoff team somehow. I mean, they're,
0: they're still... You know, they're still an annoying as fuck team. You could never count them out. Like, Crosby's yeah. always going to score a goal against the Flyers. He just finds a way. Like, yeah. he psychically wills that puck into the net against the Flyers. It's just how it is. And it yeah. sucks. But at this, I mean, they're just, they're that great of players. They really are. And it sucks. It's, I can't get over how much it sucks. And Rutherford was making, he was really starting to get into crazy moves. And he was doing I was moves. here for it. I was yeah. here for it. Can you imagine if he had been given the green light on a Latang trade, what would have
1: happened there? No. That, no. And well, and the thing is, is now, because apparently that's the whole thing with, with Hextall, is they haven't committed to keeping Crosby, Malkin, or Latang. So I would have rather, you know, Rutherford make the deal with Latang than Hextall. Because, again, for as many faults as like people want to talk about Hextall and Slam Hextall, the dude did pretty good for trading out shit and getting in big returns for it. Like, that was kind of his whole thing here.
0: He did, and he didn't, though, because he is also the king of bringing back a shitty player in order to clear out some cap now, space. Okay,
1: now, true, but... Those contracts end and then you still have the prospects. So, like, I, the one that everybody talks about is the Terra trade because for a while, some people label it as a one-for-one trade and then you could just go, okay, so then where did Morgan Frost and Joel Faraby come from? Because we took on that Uh, Terra contract for a couple years. Like, we took that contract on for a couple years, but now that contract isn't hurting us anymore and now Faraby and Frost are still about to begin their NHL career. So, like, that's why, again, like, all of his trades were like that, though, where you couldn't really wait to see it. Again, we were just talking about, our. I was just gushing about Farabee, and he was the guy that, since the time they got drafted, I feel like Frost was the one that people have probably been more hyped about, and then Farabee's kind of taken over. So, Uh, but, like, that's the thing. I think... We know he can make all the future trades, like help the roster down the line. And he brings back those city players. But to me, I come back to, did he want an actual full rebuild here? And management just didn't let him fully commit to that. Because like, he came in, They and I, I want to say, I think it was Rossi, Rob Rossi, who put out the thing about how Hextall didn't commit to plans with Crosby, Malcolm or with Tang or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so I've got some of the quotes here from okay,
1: yeah. Elliot
0: Friedman's 31 Thoughts. Uh, one of the quotes here, uh, we want to be as good as we can be right now with three of the best players in the world, Hextal said at the introductory media conference. And we'll address things as we go along. We've got some tough decisions if this team can't get there. Burke added an interview for 31 Thoughts, the podcast, but let's see if we can get them there. What additions can we make? So he's not necessarily saying that they're going to, uh, to just rebuild off the bat. No, but that also right. could just be fan service for Penguin Sansu. I would be pissed off if you didn't make one more push with one of the best players of uh, all time. Yeah. And w- one of the other quotes from from Hextal was he specifically called himself, he said that he wasn't a one-trick pony. So he, he did try to make it clear that just because that was the approach he took with the Flyers didn't mean he would take the same approach with the Penguins.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I, and so that's what I was going to get into was, you know, a lot of the things that people passed off on Hextall, he made these comments about like the big three in Pittsburgh right there. I'm pretty, I don't know. I don't remember. We'd have to look it up, but like pretty sure he probably would have said the same things about like Drew and Vorchek at his introductory conference for the Flyers or whatever. But he could have had that approach where like 2014 15 was that season where he wanted to see what they had. And then 2015 16, they started dealing off pieces. And I think a pretty good argument for that is the switch between Ruby and Hackstall. And then that could have been a time where if he wanted to actually trade, like trade Drew and Voracek and actually clear out everything and actually get to like a full rebuild and get the guys at the top of the draft, like the Matthews and the Lineas and the Dalians and the guys like that. Like That would have been how they did it. But instead, they went with the rebuild on the fly. And we're we're not really going to know how much of that was truly Hextal or truly the management saying we want to put people in the seats. But if Pittsburgh lets them do the full rebuild and they tear it down, and he was able to get all these guys in the building here, and he's going to be able to trade away guys with the highest values like that, whatever kind of return they get, like down the line, the Penguins are going to be pretty annoying to play. However... Why the hell would you trade Crosby, ever? Like that's right. the thing about this this on. They're insane, I'm hung insane up if on. he
0: doesn't retire a penguin. Like
1: that is what uh, I'm Malkin, hung up
0: on. Yeah. Malkin and Latang. Okay, if they don't retire Penguins, it's not that's, ideal. Yeah. If I'm a Penguins fan, I want those guys to retire Penguins. Especially, I would think Malkin. I, I would think Latang. Even though he's still a fairly effective defenseman for them. He's not necessarily on the same I, tier as those other two guys. I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't put them up. Like when we're talking about these Penguins for years from now, like Letang, I think Latang will be regarded as a key, crucial player for them. But when you talk about these Hawks, like when you talk about the Penguins, you talk about um, Crosby and Malkin. Sorry, I was thinking about the Blackhawks. I was going to say like, when you think about the Hawks, you think about Ke- uh, Kane and Taves and not really like Kruger or Hossa or somebody like somebody Brent who is was like, yeah, yeah well, Brent Seabrook. Yeah.
0: Crosby and Malkin are your bread and butter. They are yeah. the key essential ingredients there. And I i mean, Malkin's been the guy who's had some rumors about him for years. Crosby's the must-have. Crosby is the guy, if he doesn't retire a Penguin, if he plays a year in a Vancouver Canucks jersey a la Marc Messier, that's a really strange thing. And that's yeah. going to be remembered as kind of a travesty amongst Penguin fans, which is why I so desperately want to see that happen. Make it happen, <laughs> Ron I wouldn't yeah. hold my breath over that, though. Malkin, though, me, yeah. I, I think he could go. I think he could go in the next couple of years, and I I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think anybody really would be.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing, is... If he... Like, you, you just don't want to trade Crosby. If they trade Malkin and Latang and they somehow... That's why this conf, hiring is still confusing to me, because it feels like they're in between these two spots for Hextall. So maybe he isn't a one-trick pony. And like some of the stuff he was doing at the NHL level, again, can be explained to an extent where if you want to tank full out and you're the people in charge of your job are saying, we don't want you to do that. Well, then you make the current roster you have pretty shitty and you don't make it blatantly obviously you're trying to lose I don't know like there are so many times you could bring back Dale Weiss and not address the penalty kill and the (laughs) goaltending and all that stuff like I think that was him trying to game the system however if it wasn't and he's that fucking bad at the NHL level then none of this conversation matters honestly because you can take all the prospects and develop them all you want but if you're going to clog up the NAKs and the Kasha, or not Kachas, but like the NAKs, the Limbloms, the guys like that of the world with Dale Lees and uh, Vandeveldes, then it doesn't matter like how good you are at drafting and acquiring draft picks. But I don't think that's what the case was here. And I think the one trick pony thing kind of, you know, is speaking to that. So I don't like the idea of his ability to collect assets and turn them into future talent on the ice, along with the best player in the game.
0: Now, what we as Flyers fans really have to hope for is this addition of Brian Burke is just a colossal mistake on yes. their part,
2: because yes. that
0: really just that that just, it seems like an insane pairing. It does not. The Hextall edition made a lot of sense to people. I, I think he was the best available GM out there. I think by a lot. Looking yeah. at the names they interviewed, I mean, what are they going to end up with Peter Chiarelli or something? Like, <laughs> <"Ooh>, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank exactly. you. No. It's funny because I did see some bad takes from uh, from the corpse of Deadspin in particular saying, like, this is a, they're just going back to old hockey men. It's like, I mean, yeah, like Hextall's an old hockey man. Like, Brian Burke absolutely is. Brian Burke has been around the corner many, many times. But Hextall has had one shot at being a full-time NHL GM, and we have beaten that issue to death. We all know how that happened. Mm-hmm. We all know how that ended. We all know our thoughts on the matter at this point. Yeah. He's not, but he is a guy who deserves a second chance at being a GM. I wish it was not in Pittsburgh for the Penguins because I do think he is a very smart hockey man. Brian Burke, old school hockey guy, and I think that is a big detriment. And I am really hoping that blows up in their faces.
1: That's kind of what I'm banking on. I won. I'm hoping Burke is the thing that fucks us all up because, you know, won the comeback with the, the Ducks way back when. Um, and then he spent. The early 2010s with the Leafs, but, like, he was kind of outdated back then. And that was eight years ago now. So hopefully he comes in screaming about God knows what and just kind of talks Hexel out of some savvy moves. Because apparently, like, you know, the other story goes, we always bitch about McDonald and how that was Holmgren's contract. But for some reason, the rebuttal is always like, well, McDonald's in the room. Well, hopefully we can use that for, you know. McDonald was in the room when they traded, or uh, Hexel was in the room when they traded Crosby, but, you know, he didn't persuade Burke enough to not trade Crosby. Hopefully, like, something like that comes along.
0: Well, one of the interesting things I was reading in the 31 Thoughts article from Friedman was that a, a lot of the structure to be used in modern hockey is you have your hockey person and your manager. So I wonder who the the hockey person is here and who the manager is here.
1: Yeah, because that doesn't really... I mean,
0: because I, I would, frankly, if I was a Penguins fan, I would want Hextall to be the hockey person and Burke to be the manager, because I think a lot of the complaints that still get Hextall still gets mocked for here were his, the things he implemented as a hockey manager. And I'm not going to say if they're fair or not, actually. Yeah, I will say, I think a lot of the complaints are are unfair, specifically the one about junk food. I think he was just trying to Try something new. It, it, Chip Kelly gets mocked for the sports science stuff too, but they're trying something new. They're trying to get these guys into, I guess, more super athletes or something like that. But they're they're trying to do something
1: that's different. I've never understood why. I, I don't understand why the whole diet as an athlete thing is like mocked. I, I never really quite got that with Chip Kelly or with Hextall. I, I think that, and I think both things are like. All this stuff with Hextall, and we're not getting into the who made that report and all that shit with the the stuff that came out about Hextall, but like now that we're out of that situation, like, you know, everybody hates Hextall, like, how did it go down and everything, and like, oh, he had to go because he was pretty much a dictator around these halls. Like, maybe he wanted, again, this goes back to like maybe he had different visions for the team. The organization as a whole was just like, no, you're not going to do that. And then he was pissed because I don't know, Ron Hexall seems a little competitive. So maybe he just cut off, you know, talking to the people that weren't letting him what he do what he wanted to do. And he just hung out with Chris Pryor all the time. And then he got canned because he wasn't making moves at the NHL level, which he said he was never like gonna, you know, address. And now Pittsburgh is gonna let him do whatever he wants because of how that went down, if that all makes sense. But like that report, like the report that came out where it was just like Oh my God! Hextall like shook his head as Dale weese ate a chicken wing. Whatever the fuck, like you remember what like that yeah. was about? Like it was all stuff that was just like it felt over the <laughs> top to try and get you on the side of like why Hextall needed to be out of the building. And it was all it well, wasn't like was all
0: the stuff about just like uh, also the, like the alumni hated him and he didn't yeah. do as much stuff for them. It's like I don't like I give a shit about the hockey results at the end of the day, and yeah, that's, yeah. The, the hockey results are why he was fired. I don't think he was fired for all the other stuff, but yeah. I also don't care about the other stuff, and I thought it was so ridiculous with the whole, oh, Flyers are going to celebrate the first win without Hextall by uh, eating a bunch of pizza and wings, and then they got smoked Mm -hmm. the game after that. Yeah,
1: and they got fucking clobbered by the Jets the next day. Yeah, so that was like,
0: oh god, I all the shit that came out around that firing just was just so terrible. I again, I I wish Ron nothing but the best, but I don't want the Penguins to succeed. Especially as long as they're rivals of the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers.
1: <laughs> Honestly, like again, I, the, the cross angle of this makes it really weird to me. Because if it was, if he had got another team like that, had like the landscape of the Flyers, where Drew and Voracek are big name players, but if the idea of trading them is not outlandish, trading a generational player who was obviously the best player in the league, I, that would be a different discussion. Uh, and so like I, if he was to do what he did here and he actually got full reign to tear it all down and then like, and then build it back up the way he would want to do it. And they actually give him time to like the penguins could be a tear six to seven years again, real daunting a couple of years from now, but he's, they said they did that in LA and they did that won a couple cups. He said he wanted to do that in Philly was taking a sweet ass time. So if he ends up doing it out in Pittsburgh, it could be. It will be interesting to see how he goes into win now mode too, because we never really got that here. So he could again just be a complete fuck up in the win now mode. But we're giving I'm giving him too much credit for wanting to commit to the tank or like tanking and getting the assets and everything. But they're gonna get. I don't know what the hell
0: was going on there, and I don't think we'll ever know.
1: Yeah, no, we won't. That's that's the whole thing. So that's why all this is. It's really kind of a mixed bag right now. Because if we're gonna learn how much like ownership didn't want him touching the roster and everything. Because if he goes to Pittsburgh and he trades him within the first half season, maybe, you know, maybe the problem is ownership kind of wants this team run a certain way. Which, I mean, I would like to change the habits of a franchise that hasn't won in almost that half century. But that's just me, you know? That's, I don't know.
0: I, I And this fan base is not a patient one. They were not down for that. And I really was interested to see where it went because it was trying something different because we had had two consecutive crazy GMs. I mean, Holmgren started out with sensible moves, but he got crazier and crazier as that tenure went on towards the end of it. You're just like, what are you doing? And it it happens a lot with GMs as they, Mm -hmm. they continue to grasp and try and get back to that ultimate goal.
1: I I was, I was going to make the point about, uh, you know, Holmgren was kind of losing his mind towards the end of his tenure with, uh, not the same thing cuz he didn't win a cup but he did get the 20 like he did get them there in 2010 so he's probably chasing that again but um like Hexel's going into what I think is the same exact situation in Pittsburgh except with better on the ice talent right now
0: oh sure sure i mean i love Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek, but that's very different than Crosby and Malkin
1: yeah and we've seen like I, the uh, the uh, the depth pieces that the Flyers have added through the prospect pool since Hextall was hired, it's pretty good. I like I would say it's probably one of the better situations in the league. Like we just ran through all those players that are on the team now, and they're it's not like they're squeaking in on the fourth line, but you know like Limbland was on the first line last year. Sanheim that's the critical loss in the blue line right now. Prorov's on your top pair. Myers is a, another top three defenseman, and then you have Konekne. Like those are all guys he's going to. He's going to find the talent out there for Pittsburgh. He's going to find guys like that as well. And, um, you know, they don't have any draft capital now, but the Flyers didn't have draft capital or assets to trade away when Hextall came in either. And he did shit like – I put down a bunch of his moves here, yeah. Yeah. Trade time again for a 2015 third. Trade Zach Ronaldo for a 2017 third or a 2015 I third. That's
0: still one of the most so like, stunning moves I've. But like I've, I've you seen know, a GM
1: make. That's the thing. Apparently he's out there and he's able to find guys that are willing to just like those are. He got draft picks for that. That that McGinn pick that he flipped is Sandstrom now. The Ronaldo one is Yustamanko. Like you know these names now because Hextall a couple years ago pulled off a dumb trade. Like neither of those trades should have gone down, but now the Flyers have. So he's just going to go out there and put all those pieces back in the place for Pittsburgh. It's just the big question is whether or not they're going to do it in time for Crosby. Because if I'm Pittsburgh, it's uh, Crosby leads this discussion. You have won three Cups with him. As soon as he's gone, your odds of winning the Cup drop drastically. It would be every year is win-now mode until Crosby retires from me. So again, the Hextall hiring flies in the face of that. Uh, so I'm interested to see how it's going to go down. Like if it, yeah. if he actually does go about this differently, I don't know if there's any guaranteed route to success because we didn't see him bust balls in the NHL enough. We saw, we've we seen him do all of the building up. We haven't seen him push the team over the top. So he might end up being just the... He might also end up being the Ed Wade for the Penguins too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I mean, the only move we got to see Hextall really proactively make towards pushing the Flyers to the next level was James Van Reamsteike when they brought mm-hmm. him back. And that hadn't paid off in the, the previous two years as much as we really wanted it to. And And this I, year it's looking pretty good, but this past year, couple and of years, not so much. Two i two years ago. I thought two years ago he was good. I, I, I he think was last good. year. He, was, people just dunked Last year him they had no idea how to use him.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think two years ago was more, you know, Hextall was gone. He was the Hextall signing that like, you know, people that don't like numbers don't want to talk about. So, like what JVR. What does JVR even do? <laughs> so, like JVR scored 27 goals in 66 six games. Almost a goal lavier of the game during a season where he missed, you know, 16 games near the beginning of the year. I think that's a pretty good year. I don't know. Where he's I'm brought not... in to be a goal scorer. Yeah. So, and it seems like he scored some goals. So, I, I yeah. think I was fine with I was about that. Now,
0: the last hextall thing I wanted to bring up was uh, this uh, one more thing from the 31 thoughts here. At the end of Tuesday's briefing, Hextall was asked about the Flyers-Penguins rivalry. I love rivalries, he said, with a big smile widening across his face. I love hating the other team. It's what makes sports special. There are a lot of hard feelings on both sides of his exit from Philadelphia. If nothing else, this throws another Carolina pepper on the menu. Now, I don't know what a Carolina pepper is, but I don't
1: know that either. is
0: a spicy quote.
1: That is a spicy quote, and... Uh... Yeah, I mean, does that scare you at all? A mot- a pistol for on Hextall? In, in uh, it only scares now. me
0: if he's got a stick and a blocker.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in that case, he's flying at me, and I am just running for my life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he probably, he'll, he'll probably get the best of that. I was going to say, the other quote was uh, Brian Burke. What was it? A couple years ago, when he was really struggling with the Leafs. They asked him about the Penguins' model, and this was uh, <laughs> this is what he said: uh, "They won a lottery. They won a goddamn lottery, and got the best player in the game. Pittsburgh model, my ass. They got the best player in the lottery. Ray Shear is an excellent GM and a friend of mine. But I love when people talk about the Pittsburgh model. Uh, and then, uh, as an as the editor puts here, as a, I think it's Jason Brown uh, put it, uh, he said that it's also the Chicago model too. And that's again like th- that was a big." Run in the NHL was just the Penguins, the Blackhawks, and the Kings winning, and those were all teams that got huge help, like huge helpful players at the top of the draft. Like that. Actually, there
0: in, was yeah. one one play or one team of those three that had to do it more through kind of careful roster construction, and that was yeah. the Kings.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. With like Ron the X-tall. Kings. Yeah, and they were, and like they had the the least of an, I guess, like Drew Dowdy and you know, Kopitar, those guys are good, but they're not Kane and Taves and Keith and then Crosby and Malkin, you know, and their problems or whatever. So it is that's why I think he, Pittsburgh isn't going to get another Crosby right now. Like this is the first time in their life in the in the entire of their franchise they're going to actually have to draft and develop. And when the Flyers tried to actually draft and develop for the first time in franchise like history, they turned to this guy too. And again, I know everybody's screaming about, you know, there's no cups or anything and two years away from being two years away, but they haven't had a cup since the seventies guys. Yeah. So I'm fine waiting a couple more years. And also again, last year when the world was normal, the flyers were steamrolling everybody. And then ever since then, when, you know, there's a pandemic going on and people are contemplating whether or not they should even go outside, let alone playing contact sports. Maybe there's just other stuff going on. Maybe this isn't the true, you know, uh, you know, outcome of the team. Like this is the most you can get out of this team. Maybe there's a lot of other crazy shit going on out in the world. Which I think is my stance.
0: All I know is I I remember when he- in the aftermath of Hextall being fired and Carter Hart had been called up and was killing it because he's great. Carter Hart is uh, mm-hmm. tremendous. I remember people going like, "Oh, never would have happened under Hextall." I'm like, Ron Hextall drafted this guy. I don't. <laughs> And then somebody's like, but then somebody came back and was like, "Oh well, Paul Holmgren drafted Cla- or Bobby Clark drafted Claude Giroux, and Paul Holmgren drafted this guy." I'm like, "But you're praising a guy and
1: yeah, I, like, that's not what the... It, it I don't would be like you're missing the point. Would be like and this happens so Holmgren. often with Flyers yeah.
0: Twitter. It's just uh, infuriating.
1: Yeah, it would be like praising Holmgren after they called up." A- called up Drew, and it's like, yeah, never would seen Drew with Clark at the helm. And it's like, no, you would have, because he drafted him. Like, he would have eventually made his way up. You just didn't call him up right away. And I think the heart. I'm glad you brought that up, because that was going to be another one of my examples of I think Hextall was just purposely trying to lose within the parameters of looking like he was actually trying at times. So, Hart was that there waiting. It could have been the strategy,
0: and that that's I think the great mystery.
1: at the no, end And of the, that's Ron Hextall. Yeah, and we'll get and like, you know, I'm always saying this now we'll start getting more that, that mystery will get solved in his time in Pittsburgh one way or another.
0: This is the guy I, more than anybody, I want a like tell all book or interview from because I am fascinated by what happened behind the scenes and to see what the actual strategy was and what was going on. I, I'm fascinated by it because uh, the opinions are so wildly differing. <laughs> I mean, they really are. I, yeah, They are. They, everybody thinks something differently of, of Ron Hextall's time here. And, and what he did as the general manager of the Flyers, and what his actual strategy was. And, I mean, the the fan reactions are all over the place. I think we're two of the bigger defenders to this day of it. And, the, the, look, there's some indefensible stuff, <laughs>
1: ultimately. No, there, there is. There are
0: some insane decisions that y- you're even just trying to figure out if it was strategy or just no, that's... decision-making. <laughs> exactly. Looking at Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss was one of the worst Flyers of the past decade, easily. Yeah, And... To see him out there was just painful. Uh, Yuri Laterra, absolutely horrible to have to eat that contract back. And it's one thing to eat that contract and just buy him out or bench him or something, but actually play him and have your coach play him and not
1: like tell your coach, please stop putting this in the ice. (laughs) And that's and that's another thing where, and I'm glad you said this late now too because we're going to talk about this for another 20 minutes the biggest what was Hextall's biggest downfall what was the one thing Hextall needed to do to keep his job there the one big problem that even if people were not happy with Hextall there was somebody else that they wanted gone besides that it it was Hextall. Hextall yeah and now he has Sullivan you don't need to worry about a coach in in Pittsburgh he came into Philly it was do I want to keep Craig Berube or find somebody else now it's Hey, here's a guy that's won two cups with these guys. See if you can add more talent to the roster. So that's another thing you got to keep in mind too.
0: And I know everybody hammers Hextall over the Hackstall hiring and how long he held on to him, mm-hmm. but I was just so happy when they initially went with Hackstall that they didn't just bring a retread out, bring yeah. the same old, same old. It really felt like they tried something new. Again, it didn't work, but they actually tried something new. And I, my feeling will always be. They should have let Hextall have one more coach, and that was it. And yeah, this is and this I want to make another thing clear. This is in no way an indictment of Chuck Fletcher, who I was next, yeah. This not is first, not, but, but I've actually been very yeah. happy with Chuck Fletcher so far. I think Chuck Fletcher's done a really nice job bringing in key pieces, and he looks like a smart hire so far. He looks like the nice middle ground between a crazy Paul Holmgren and a reserved Ron Hextall. So I I. So far, things have worked out uh, pretty well for the Flyers, but I, I, d- I, really don't like how things ended with with Hextall here.
1: Yeah, no, I don't either. And we'll we won't know, yeah, you know, like the whole situation with like Hextall, Hextall. if it was just like he wouldn't fire Hextall, and that was ultimately the thing. But we'll find. But, but like you were saying, I agree with you. At the time, the idea of a coach like Hextall. And not what he actually was as a coach. That was a good, like that's an innovative idea, and I like that. And that was something that he learned here that he doesn't have to worry about in Pittsburgh. Like I, he, he's a pretty competitive guy. Like he's not going to come here and he's not going to go to Pittsburgh and do the same exact shit that he did in Phil. Like say, make the same mistakes. I think he's going to learn. Well,
0: that's the other thing too. Is most most guys, especially in their first job, learn a lot and then adapt further their second position. You see this Mm -hmm. with coaches all the time. It's now if it's your like fourth or fifth job (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I would I would suspect like, you know, looking over at John Tortorella in Columbus and another mess that he's in.
1: No. You know, that's
0: that but that but that's the thing is like if this was Tortorella's second job, it'd be like, okay. First or second job, I'd be like, all right, maybe he's just, you know, in a tough situation or something. But this has happened with Tortorella like four or five times already. This yeah. is what he
1: does. It's almost like he wants to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I saw somebody throw out there rather than quit. He wants to get fired to actually get his, the rest of his contract. So, uh, that, I mean, that's it's pretty it's good work catharsis catharsis if you can get catharsis it. catharsis. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not bad. It's not bad work. <laughs> George Costanza right there. That's a Costanza yeah. strategy.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know what, ron hextall is going to do in pittsburgh it makes me sad that he's going there i uh, half-heartedly wish him luck and we'll see if chris Pryor joins him there that's uh very much a possibility uh we'll see if
1: yeah it sounds like he's he's joining
0: yeah yep well
1: We'll hey we'll find out if all the people that are screaming on flyers twitter are right in a couple yeah. of years. It won't matter. They'll all move on to yelling about Fletcher by then, but we'll see if they're right about Hextall. And... <laughs> if
0: we're lucky, if it's not back on like Flyers retread GM
1: <laughs> number 50. Oh, God. Yeah. But like, like you were saying, this, the uh, revisionist history with Hextall is not. Fletcher has been. He, he did really well in the first year. I like a lot of the moves he's done so far. And he is a guy that does actually make. I, that is something that hopefully penguins fans have to endure and they lose their minds over is uh we don't know you know when we have a string of bad games from dale weiss or chris vandevelde you knew he's going to stay in there forever and there's no chance he's going to get pulled after flopping uh you know a couple nights in a row but that's different now with avian fletcher and uh, uh hopefully... dale
0: weiss and chris vandevelde two yeah. guys who were absolutely not nhl talent <laughs> <laughs> not nhl talent let's talk about the
1: phantoms <laughs> oh there it is oh and that's actually I,
0: I didn't want to disrespect the phantoms but it was too juicy yeah of it was transition right. so is
1: that where you were giggling like you were like oh fuck i got this segue and then you said a couple things and then all right i gotcha all right uh so the phantoms they are one one, stefan uh played a pair of overtime games uh they won two to one over the uh, hershey bears on saturday for Wyatt Wiley in his first pro game, uh, tied the game with 45 seconds left and had the primary helper on Ryan Fitzgerald's overtime winner for a two-point night. And uh, a little bit about Wiley, Scott uh, Wheeler of the Athletic uh recently going through the, the prospect pool rankings again for every team in the NHL. I think the Flyers were 10th, had Wyatt Wiley 14th in uh, the, the Flyers prospect pool. And pretty much what you need to know about Wiley is a uh, two-way player Shoots a ton, shot a ton in junior. Already has five shots in two games as a defenseman in the AHL. Uh, one of the better actual defensive defensemen uh, in the Flyers prospect pool, and he is a right-handed shot. Uh, also, bring him play, up. Yeah, bring him up. He could probably play. I mean, fuck it. Uh, if Prosser's not available, see what he's got. I, I, we're done with Gus. I don't need to see another game from Gustafson. Let's see what. Let's see what Wyatt sure. Wiley's got going on. Sam Moran also got into a fight on. Uh, on Saturday. So Ron Hextall, draft picks. Sam also got to a fight on Saturday. <laughs> also the Phantoms lost to Big Is that his Tim- nickname? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that, yeah. Uh lost to Big, and Tim- Big- and Tim Devils, uh on Wednesday, two to one in overtime. Uh David Kasha had the only goal for the Phantoms, his first goal in the twenty twenty one AHL season. Also had a game high five shots on goal. And it now Gosh, has one The millionaires goal. are thrilled. Yeah. there he's he's st- he's stacking it up over there in Lehigh Valley. I forgot he's not in uh, Europe anymore. But uh, one goal, seven shots on goal, two games. Pascal LeBurge also had it was tied for a a game-high five shots on goals. First game of 2020-21, so he wasn't playing in another league before the AHL. 10 points in 23 AHL games and 12 points in 24 ECHL games last year. Uh, A a 2016 second-round center who uh, probably not going to be in the Flyers' plans for that much longer. No offense, Pascal, but uh, you know, <laughs> uh, also a couple injuries to note. Uh, sorry talked not, about, sorry. yeah, sorry not sorry about that. A uh, couple injuries to note. Uh, I think we mentioned a couple of on the Flyers' forecast, but Tyson Forrester is out three to four weeks shuff- after he suffered a uh, shin fracture in his pro debut against the fan- uh, with the Phantoms' uh, first game since March eleventh, twenty twenty, and then uh, fractures his shin bone. Uh, and okay. then Isaac Radcliffe will be out a little bit longer because. On top of the uh, fractured rib, which put him on the shelf for the entirety of training camp, Uh, he suffered a collapsed lung and needed more surgeries as a fallout from that uh, fractured rib. uh, Big fella's having a rough time right now. Uh, Yeah,
0: the Rat Pack's not happy about
1: that. Yeah, It's got to be. I mean, he is like 6'10", so that rib that they took out must have been like the size of... uh, it must have been like when they put like the thing on Fred Flintstone's car at the beginning of like the uh, episode. <laughs> the Brontosaurus like, Yeah, and then, like, they took the rib and like, he just collapsed on the table. It must have been a whole scene, but... Oh my gosh, There's oh, yeah, a visual yeah. right there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, also, Radcliffe hasn't played since uh, March 11th, 2020, when the Phantoms took on the baby pins. And also, Wade Allison uh, underwent ankle surgery and is out 46 weeks. He hasn't played since March 7th of 2020. For the Western Michigan University Broncos against the University of Miami Ohio Redhawks. Forgot to put down. It's a lot of here. words. I think it's that's a lot of words. I'm saying, you know, that's that's what a podcast are most of the time. Just a lot talk of about a city
0: a... that really should have just given up their name long ago, and a university that should have given <laughs> up its name, <laughs> Miami
1: of Ohio. Yeah, who's who in Ohio is like, no, 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 we'll compete with Miami, Florida. People will want to come to Ohio <sighs> instead. Like, who was like. That dude just needed a lot. Like, just get a grip. Just let it go. I, I can't it's even imagine
0: happening. the disappointment if I found out I was going to Miami. <laughs> and found out it was Miami, Ohio. I just that would be the most soul crushing disappointment of my life.
1: Plane just lands. You just see nothing but you know. Don't be white poor people. I'm just like what? Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Taking shots on. <laughs> at Miami of Ohio right there. It's Ohio. It's like like you look
0: out and you're like, where's the sun? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where are the palm trees? Wait, is that? I didn't know Cleveland was this close to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Pitbull? Uh, <laughs> Dolly, hey, Alphidic, there we go, there we go, Dolly, Weiss. Oui. <laughs> it's like a 2017 app. Uh, on top of uh, on top of those guys getting injured, uh, Flyers 2020 second round pick Emil Andre joins Marcus Westfall. Uh, in the uh, Vostraviks IK club in the Hockey Allsvenskan, which is the second tier league over in Sweden under the SHL. And uh, through two games with the new club, uh, Andre has already scored. He scored on one goal and two shots and was plus two in 1803 in his debut uh, over in a 7 4 win over BIK Karlskoga, which is a fucking name. And then three what? shots on goal. Hold on. Hold on. What? There's an even better name. There's a better name coming up. Three shots on goal and a minus three in nineteen twenty seven a three two overtime loss to Christian stands IK. So Steve, yes. do you ever just want to look at some names of hockey teams and you're like, I okay. Just hockey Elzbenskin, because yeah, that's that's where it's at apparently. So oh, Steve, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and where it's truly at, I got this segue. Where it's truly at is the batch update. Steven, you ready? You got uh you you buckled up? You got your drink Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I'm excited for some more just superior names right here.
1: <laughs> we start off the episode with Heather trying to enter the batch bubble. Uh, Heather was a contestant from former Bachelor Colton Underwood season. Oh, my God. I know that name. And it's not just because he used to be an Eagles fullback or whatever. So we've been doing the batch <laughs> update for too long now. Yeah, that was I remember talking about that like two years ago when we started off the batch update, I think. But... And is known for being the contestant that never, never kissed anyone before. Or never ever. Maybe that was a typo. Uh, suck it in. Uh, she rolls nice. up in a white minivan, maskless, and is stopped by a masked guard who tells her she can't come in. Oh, the drama. Yeah, very not fabricated. She demands to talk to Chris Harrison and the top execs at ABC. Batch Daddy Chris strolls down and screams, what the heck are you doing here? Heather, convinced is her future husband, demands to be let into the bubble. Chris tells her to go back to her hotel and quarantine for a few days and then come back. So it's just
0: that easy to get on
1: off, off the hop. I I'm putting money on Heather to win this whole thing now. Cause she seems motivated and also just doesn't care what the rules are. It seems like she's <laughs> a go getter. So, uh, Heather is the leader in the clubhouse right now. Following okay.
0: that, <laughs> following she's that. She's the Romaldo.
1: Yeah, I know, bro. Uh, following that, we go back to the stat with MJ and Jess so nice. Jessenia. Justina, that's right. I I, I can't. Jesse,
0: remember just call her Jesse. Jesse. Uncle Jesse. Matt, Matt sends Michael MJ Jordan home. and Uncle Jesse.
1: <laughs> Matt sends MJ home, and we go straight to a rose ceremony. Oh shit! It's getting a cocktail made,
0: party. I just made maybe the most weirdest, like, conceivable '90s fan fiction just now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hell of a... I I don't even know what you put on everybody, but that was. <laughs> i put ball. some evil on the world. Yeah, was... <laughs> uh, skipping a cocktail party because Matt is sleeping and doesn't want to deal with this shit. With the news of Matt canceling the cocktail party, we see multiple co- contestants chugging wine, worried about not having enough time with Matt before the cer- uh, rose ceremony. So, of course, Matt is in high demand because he is The Bachelor, and this is how the show is designed. i the just first...
0: chugging wine while they're worried.
1: Wearing... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just...
0: I might Welcome not see there, Matt. Ignited. I'm
1: getting all the free wine I can. <laughs> on the first 101 day, Matt and Piper. Uh, Matt and Piper talk. take a walk in the woods in the dark. They stumble on a giant light switch, flip it, and a Excuse hidden it? carnival lights up. Excuse me? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Okay, this, okay hold this on. Is like, this is some like I, Tim
0: Burton I, shit right here. What are we talking about? A giant light switch? Flipping it, hidden carnival lights. Say, okay, what so is you,
2: th- this? Is what?
1: I'm gonna read what this outline says, and then I have a story to tell, which I didn't. How not big plan is on. this light switch? Does it take two people to flip it? Okay, so a team of mules. I'm gonna read this blurb, and then we're gonna we're gonna dissect something in here. So, on the first one-on-one date, and this is all Ian's words. So, Matt and Piper take a walk uh, a walk in the woods in the dark. They stumble on a giant light switch, flip it, and hidden uh, and a hidden carnival lights up. Uh, Uh, And then he puts in, he wants me to tell a story about one time we went to a state fair. And this is related to a carnival ride. So this is why I'm telling it. So I was like in sixth grade and uh, it was all the classic like carnival rides. All the ones that just kept going in circles over and over again. And I guess because I was only 10 or 11, I didn't know I had a weak stomach at this point. So yeah, so I just went on like the... The, the teacups and like the swings and like all this kind of shit. And then I forget what's the what... one in
0: the spaceship, the one where like you cling to the walls and
1: yeah, I, like what's I
0: the name. What's the name of it? It's bothering me.
1: Wait, like moon bounce?
0: I I didn't call it that. Whatever.
1: I'm gonna look it up anyway. You continue. Okay, you I'm look gonna it. look it up. But so like you know all this stuff. And then me and Ian decided to get uh, I I forget what. It's a Ferris wheel, but they cage you in. You're able to flip your own seat. I think it's called like the Salt and pep- Pepper. I don't know, but like me and Ian got in the same thing. Again, I've been all these car- all these carnival rides all day. Like I felt fine at the time. We get to I think the you're top. You're
0: of the one that always plays the song Tequila, and it's just like da 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 da.
1: Oh, that, I mean, that is one of the things I'm thinking of. But that's not... Uh, but this isn't what I was in. Like, this was a... It, okay. was, a Ferris, it was a Ferris wheel. It was vertical. And, like, uh, for some okay. reason, they had a thing where they would, like... You had to wear a seatbelt because you could flip the wheel. So it was just a Ferris wheel where, like, you and the person you shared a seat with could flip your seat over.
0: You can just sense. fuck around, I'd say.
1: Yeah. So, like, Ian and I got to the top. I flipped it once. And then I was like, oh, my God, my stomach is killing me. And I was like, I gotta throw up. This is terrible. And instead of vocalizing that or letting people know, like, "Hey, I'm about to throw up," I uh, I just turned and I uh, I threw up on Ian. I just I threw up on Ian uh, a lot. <laughs> and then what happened after that was just Ian was like, we just he just started screaming like, "I, I got to get out of this ride." And then like they did like two more rotations <laughs> for Ian to, to like sit, yeah, and then like I got out and just, like, a pew covered chair, Like, that was a ride. Yeah, like, that was... <laughs> and, like, what I remember from that day is I had a... Like, you used to go to the baseball games with the end of my dad, and they were uh, Wilmington Blue Rocks games, which was a minor league baseball team for, like, the Royals at the time. And I had this hat that I used to fucking love, and I wore it on the ride at the time. I didn't throw up on it, but I put it on my car while I, like, towel down before I got in the car and forgot to put it back on, and I lost that hat. So... Who should we really feel sorry for here, Ian, who got thrown up on by his brother, or me, who lost my favorite hat over two decades ago now? I mean, (laughs) who's, I would say, say? yeah, I would say I had the worst night at the office there, so, you know, Ian, sorry for everything you went through, and I'm sorry I puked on it, but, uh, you know... (laughs) That is an all time
0: (laughs) show note from Ian here because the show note straight up says, Craig, feel free to talk about the time you Ralphed on me at the state fair. The use of Ralph for throwing up is just a chef's kiss phrase, right? It was
1: uh, a Maryland state fair, by the way. Um, No, actually, no, sorry. So, sorry. Pennsylvania State Fair it was well, just was, inside you know Delta. we were so all worried. 2001. We were I know worried about guys, which state it was we needed we some, to know we got some uh, people to dig up some stats here so yeah it was oh my god was, uh, and, and
0: by the way the ride I was thinking of was the gravitron
1: the gravitron oh okay
0: shaped like a giant I, I, spaceship you clung to the walls uh you went upside down and
2: oh oh I, oh, I, I can't believe I didn't shoot every time
1: yeah that thing I did not go on that I, that's like ralph I'm city the ride yeah i was gonna say that is guaranteed like you just you know whatever your age is coming up the right ra- i but that was the unfortunately for and that was the day i learned that i can't really do too many uh i do roller coasters i can't do the circular anything that makes you go like i, I just have motion sickness sometimes like yeah, it, same with my just, dad my dad like, terrible. The same thing yeah so but like doesn't do anything else to me besides like those certain carnival rides so uh but uh, after they had a good time on the Ferris wheel and shit, they have an important conversation. I'm going back into the batch update. Uh, they have an important conversation and walk into a room where a band called Temecula Road sings their smash hit "Everything I Love." Piper gets a rose. Temecula Road—that's a I, I have no band name clue. there.
0: Absolutely yeah.
1: none. I guess I'm going to meet them in Temecula to uh, hear their uh, beautiful music. So I guess so. On the on the group date, the contestants head to a bowling alley. Michelle cleans up a regular Parker Bone III, that joke is just for me, uh, and leads the pink team to a victory over <laughs> okay. the blue team. He was a fucking bowler from like fucking 20 years ago that I think only <laughs> me and Ian know their name. What? It's like, yeah, because he the, they used to put bowling on ESPN and, you know, sports, so why not? Uh, the yeah. next day, yeah, sure, yeah. Hook him up. <laughs> Parker Bone III had a fucking creepy ass if i remember. I'm just his name
0: was Bone. <laughs>
1: B-O-H-M, by the way. Uh, Steve hey, Bone. You have that to look ball. Up. Steve, please look up Parker Bone the Third and look at his Wikipedia. I will. You, you okay. continue with the rest got, of this yeah, update. I, I will this. look
0: up Parker Bone the Third.
1: The next day, Tyler C, uh Matt's best friend and a former Bachelorette contestant from Hannah Brown season shows up. They shoot some pool, and Tyler gives Matt advice before his one-on-one date with Katie. The date, however, is a staged prank on Tyler C, who is heading to the spa for a mustache. Mid-back rub, Matt shows up and starts massaging Tyler. Tyler immediately flips over, and Matt delivers some purple nurples, you know, as <laughs> Katie has a uh Katie has never met Tyler before, but pretends to be in on the prank and acts like she's having a good time. Katie, however, is not given a rose at the end of the date and is sent home. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's, uh...
0: I have looked up Parker Bone the third, and you're right. That is a creepy stash. That's it. To- this dude yeah. this dude looks like Charlie Kelly's creepy uncle from It's only Sunday in <laughs> Philadelphia. The one who thinks it's he has so tiny funny. hands.
1: Yeah. It is That's exactly what it looks like. I just uh and also remember when people look this up, B O H N, not B O N A. Don't look just... up Parker when Bone. When you when you look up when you add him to your, you know, pro bowler Rolodex, it's B O H Parker Bone can't lose the third. Not Parker Bone, first or second, the third. There's that's a successful family of <laughs>
0: Parker Jr. Six. Bone.
1: Parker first Brothers. Parker.
0: Look up Parker Brothers. Parker Bone Brothers.
1: Uh after maintaining last up Super up here. Bone Brothers. <laughs> that is that's dude, not a game for the kids. Uh, he should just open up a bowling alley and it's called the Bone Zone. That's all he has to do. <laughs> How has right it not there. happened already? How, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, right right there. There, it's right there. It's right there. Uh last one. After maintaining a solid two and a half days in quarantine, Heather uh, two and a half days, Heather strolls into the McMansion mid-cocktail party and asks to talk to Matt. Matt is surprised, and Piper, who was talking to Matt privately, goes back and asks the other contestants who the fuck that was. Some of them correctly identify Heather from Colton's season, and uh, and uh, I, I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. Be, uh, as oh, a COVID vector. There you as go. a COVID vector. Yeah. I uh, okay. accidentally erased that report, uh, temporarily. So uh, the as, as the, a... batch update.
0: Oh, look at the COVID machine over there.
1: <laughs> it sounds like Heather would be. Uh, she might have a little bit of a super spreader in her, though, if she's uh, already getting out of a two and a half day quarantine. So not well, exactly. Uh, the, the, it, much
0: like the NHL season, the batch must go on.
1: No, absolutely. No stopping it.
0: No and, stopping, uh, no matter what health risks there are to to people. That's the world. If
1: I can work in a segue here, uh, the league won't stop. But once you are around the league, you'll see that Miku Koivu has stopped playing hockey because he is now officially retired. Uh, and he is getting out of the game with uh, 711 points in 1035 games every 16 seasons with the Wild and the Blue Jackets. Seven games with the Blue Jackets. I think you could have just hung about up. Played like, he played
0: seven games for yeah. John
1: Tortorella and said, I'm good. Yeah, like that was he was like, you know what?
0: Should have signed here.
1: Have signed
2: here.
1: <laughs> Bottom six minutes for Tortorella. I think I'll take retirement. I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm fine. Uh, and he had been. I'm like... good. He saw that line eight benching, and he's like, Nah. Yeah, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of. Uh, The Coyotes have let go of assistant GM Steve Sullivan, so they're definitely on top of their game over there. Uh, Wayne Simmons out six weeks with a broken wrist, unfortunately.
0: No! Again, I never want the Maple Leafs to succeed, but I want Wayne Simmons to succeed, and that's tragic because he had a great start.
1: I will say, this season's going to keep being uh, not a normal season, and we can not count this cup as a regular cup, there's every year for the Leafs to do it. I mean, you got Simmons on that team, and they're not going to be able to brag about it. They'll Just give them the cup this year. That's fine. We don't even need to do the playoffs. If they'll just shut up and we'll give them the cup, that's fine. Uh, and then Simmons will get one too. That's my stance on that. Uh, <laughs> Blues, Robert Thomas is out 46 weeks with a broken thumb. Uh, Scott Sabbath. That's not smooth. That is, yeah. He's going to have a real hard time on that solo, solo from now on because he's been doing both He's been doing the Robert Thomas and Santana part, so that's how my joke works. Uh, And Scott Sabrin was an undrafted 28-year-old right winger who, I don't know if you remember this, Steve, but I added a link. Uh, Austin Matthews made fun of a random Ottawa senator last year uh, because they scored in the game, and then Sabrin started talking shit to Matthews, and he looked at his jersey like, who even are you? And now they're teammates. So there you go. Uh, I thought that was a little funny, but yeah.
2: That was was,
1: uh, was a good trash look. Yeah, uh, it, I think that falls in the category of trash talk. Uh, goalie Troy Grozenek uh, was waived by the Oilers and claimed by the Kings this week. Uh, signed a, by <laughs> uh Signed a deal with the Kings in October of 2020, placed on waivers by the Kings on January 15th, claimed by the Oilers on January 16th, placed on the waivers by the Oilers on uh, February 5th, claimed by the Kings on February 6th. So, Troy just, yeah just don't even... You just keep your bags packed. Uh, Barry Trotz passed Ken Hitchcock to move in the third all-time on the coaches' wins list. Trotz is oh, eight fifty. Hitchcock got eight forty-nine. Joe Conwell. Yeah, but how
0: many shoplifters has Barry Trotz stopped?
1: Zero. I think. I think Hitchcock probably does lead NHL coaches all-time in that. Also, I think that's worth at least fifty wins. Did you see today? Speaking of taking down uh, criminals, did you see the mom that form-tackled the peeping tom or whatever? No, I got to okay. check this out. Yeah, because it's just like they have like a cop dash cam. And like, I, I have no idea how this development came about. But it was uh, like on the camera, like it's showing out the front of the car. And it's like the mom talking to the daughter. And then you see the mom look up and you see a guy running on the screen, like trying to get away. She just plants him, And then you see two cops come on screen, like screen that it's like put him in cuffs or something. So... Oh. It was, way to plan it. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, good, good tackle by the mom. Uh, and also, the Eagles do need linebackers, and I, I don't care who's doing it at this point.
0: So. They need anything.
1: Yeah. Uh, Patrick, and also, last but not least, uh, Patrick lining was uh, not benched because of his play, Stephen, but because apparently he had mouthed off to an assistant coach. What they're not telling you is because it was because he was being benched. So he wasn't yelling at Tortorella. It was just. No, but apparently that yeah. was the reason behind There's
0: no problems there. They're yeah. all fine. No, Tortorella, he's look. played what, two games with them and yeah. it's going great.
1: What about Lion play what make you think that Tortorella didn't like him? You yeah. know, he, he's a pretty good hockey player. Why wouldn't Tortorella use that? He's not gonna chase him out of town. You guys are crazy. Uh oh,
0: it's a good situation there. Yeah. Columbus, <laughs> it's it's the place where guys want to go. For I Miami of Ohio and Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. The two most desired destinations. Yeah. <laughs> I have one last around the league note I wanted to bring up before we uh, we pieced out. Have you seen the Vegas Golden Knights helmets tonight? No. Uh, are they on TV? I don't know, but just go to my Twitter. I've retweeted a couple links. Go to the FlyPurboly Twitter, and you're in for a treat, because it's just something else. They, they are wearing gold helmets tonight. Oh, boy. And they are...
1: Yeah, they're so this shy. is this is the. Uh, I remember like them vaguely showing these, and then now they're just fucking obnoxious. Like
2: these are the worst.
1: <laughs> they're That's ridiculous. She they're absolutely old.
0: ridiculous.
1: I'm looking at the one. I'm cracking up at the uh, you retweeted Pete Blackburn, world. and then I was looking at. I clicked on his tweet, and somebody's first response to him was, uh, "They went to Jared, and they're just showing a guy wearing a helmet." So I thought that was pretty good. That was an online there joke, for everybody. Yeah. And then that's gold, Jerry. So that, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a little too much. Gold, Jerry. I, I, I think I might be the only person on Earth that likes their red jerseys. I don't know why. No, I, I've seen other people like the red. Oh, okay. jerseys. okay. Right. I don't like. But I've seen I've a lot seen... of hatred. Maybe that's what it is. It's just you. Oh, I... yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, me projecting big... <laughs> here.
0: I'm projecting. <laughs> I, I don't. I feel. I feel like I have a lot of opposite opinions on the reverse retros this year, and my my jersey tastes are very different than the greater public.
1: I, it's been weird for me because, like, I did not like the least ones, like in presentation, but they look decent on the ice. Like, I I think they all probably look really really good on the ice. It's just, of course, the NHL. I thought The
0: Flames one looked better on the ice. I, yeah, like, a lot of people like the love Flames the too. Flames one. I I just I don't like the I don't like the logo as much. And yeah. I'm a big classic Flames fan. I think that that '80s red jersey is one of the best yeah. NHL jerseys of all time.
1: Yeah, I, I think. That's kind of why I like it, though, because it was a it was an opportunity for them to use like the Flyers don't really get the advantage of that. And I'm not complaining about that. But like, well, uh, who else did that? Like the Coyotes did that, too. Like their jersey is awesome. And they oh, the Coyotes too. are the uh, Coyotes friggin went for like, it like the Ducks one, too. Like oh the... yeah
0: and well and the ducks are apparently like ashamed of theirs they don't want to wear theirs even though theirs oh, no, fuck hilarious that. they are not yeah. <laughs>
1: they gotta wear theirs yeah
0: but like the coyotes have went for it and that's one thing you have to respect about the arizona coyotes is that they are embracing their ridiculous origins and it's it's wonderful
1: yeah
0: Fun. No. soulmate homer jerseys <laughs>
1: i mean that's you know that's over my head i know i, I know it. what yeah, you just yeah. have to get it in you just have the show yeah, yeah.
0: you either get the johnny cash the coyote uh chili episode of the simpsons or not whatever all right folks i gotta get to bed let's wrap this sucker up if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach craig at sports are bad
1: uh we'll see if we're still gonna do a flyby right for next week I mean, they are, they still have games scheduled. Flyby? Or not flyby, forecast. That we We should really Kelly Hinkle now? Come on. I was going to say, we should really throw. Come on. Kelly wakes up one day and she's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Just me me and you get credit. A forecast, though, I
0: mean. (laughs) Wait a minute.
1: Uh, Yeah, we're planning to do a
0: forecast. If uh, we don't do a forecast, we'll do a fuck.
1: I think that's a good way to go about that. Yeah, so we'll do that. And then. like I said, we're not all
0: out of fucks, folk. Just no. mostly.
1: We just—I'll tell you what. Uh, four four straight months of fucks, you kind of run out of fucks at the end. <laughs> it becomes kind of hard to figure out what to give a fuck about. But you know, we've had a little time to recuperate right here. We're gonna we're gonna fuck the shell that podcast next week. Um, but and I'm also gonna do. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I have uh, been working on uh, the article is just going back and looking at how the Flyers are doing with goals this year. So I'm gonna go back, been watching every goal see how the play started how the play was extended and pretty much just figuring out the ways that they are giving those secondary chances to opponents ways they should be able to cut it down and really what is leading to i think there's a big difference between this year and last year where i'm sure there were times they had lulls or like pockets of play or periods of play where they were getting hammered or like massively outplayed played a five and five but it wasn't a continuous can they keep playing like this and winning games kind of feel? So that's what I'm trying to accomplish here for like, what is going on with, why does it feel like everybody's open? Why does it feel like Carter Hart's like, you know, these goals are going in and we don't feel like Carter Hart's to blame for him. It's just a lot of goals that he really didn't have a chance on. Like going into that, like, you know, it's kind of figuring out how the goals are scored against. Like I said, that's it really talked about the article idea for 10 minutes when I could have just said five words. You guys, i mean you guys have been listening to the podcast long enough that's forsyth way yeah, forsyth way the most roundabout <laughs> way to get into the point yeah
0: hey the best way to get from a to z is i don't know i, I, I can't think go. of the final conclusion that, no so. that's the fuck i'm gonna live by yeah. i'm t- yeah that's it that's it <laughs> put that on your book there you go Craig says sports are bad. I can be reached at Flyperbly or at Esteban for your hockey needs. Make it Flyperbly. That is where the hockey discussion does happen when it happens. It's you know when it's not just Guy Fieri retweets or yeah whatever nonsense <laughs> is going on on the given day. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to listen to all of our great podcast offerings. And that's it. That's it. That's all there is. Until next time, wear your damn masks, please. Continue to wear your mask if you don't see the uh, situation in the NHL and uh, the world. Uh, you know, do your thing. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow,
1: wow, 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 It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other other hockey things. things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Smooth, slob, purple, wee. Slob, purple, wee.